Uh, the final speaker, we're going to go to Seattle, and she hosts the Thursday 1 p.m. meeting, 5 a.m. her fucking time. Yep, she gets up that early, or she doesn't sleep. I don't know. Uh, Malaya, please take as long as you need, my dear. And yeah, there she is. Here I am, Malia, alcoholic. Happy to be here. Thank you so much, Mark. And thank you, everyone, for doing service to make this all happen. I know a lot goes into this, and um, I wouldn't be here for um, for the work of other people and for the work of all the people that went before me. Um, so, wow. Yeah. Thank you, Bobby. And thank you, Kate. It took me a long time to go to meetings, and I kept hearing, like, oh, you're going to hear your story. Look for the similarities, not the differences. And um, someday you'll hear your story. And one weekend workshop, I heard my story, and it came out of the mouths of two different people over the course of three days. And I was like, oh, what that person shared and what that person shared it was the closest to my story when I was drinking than what I had ever heard before. And it was a good long while into my recovery that I heard my story. Um, and interesting, uh, I heard a lot of my story today as well. So thank you for that, Bobby and Kate. Um, I, I love uh, Tasnua. I love secular recovery. I don't know where I would be without it. I also love traditional AA for many, many reasons. For one thing, I'm alive because of traditional AA. Um, I came in on a DUI, on a deferred prosecution here in the state of Washington. I was assessed as an alcoholic. I think about it today and I'm like, why did no one bother to tell me that I, they thought I was alcoholic? And I hear now like, oh, if drinking causes you problems, then you might have a drinking problem. And I, nobody sat me down and had that conversation with me. The, the, the rub today is that um, I am disabled. I do have uh, multiple chronic illnesses, one of them being Lyme disease. And I find it really, really ironic that um, the medication that I'm on right now is disulfiram, which is uh, antabuse, which uh, it was offered to me by a psychiatrist here in Seattle. I've lived here like 30 years, just over 30 years, barely. And um, it was that psychiatrist who offered me antabuse, but then never told me why he was suggesting that I take antabuse. <laughs> Clearly now I know that I, um, I'm, I was alcoholic, but he, that was not explained to me. <laughs> um, the way that it was explained to me uh, was uh, for, through this attorney. Um, and the, the person that he sent me to get my, uh, this assessment uh, from. And she broke all kind of ethical boundaries and guidelines and invited me over to her apartment on a Saturday because first time I was a no-show because guess what? I was hung over. <laughs> Second time I was 20 minutes late. I was like, oh, let's just do it. I'll, I'll hurry through it. Oh, please, can we just do the assessment? No, it's going to be a two-hour thing. You're too late. Can't make it. But why don't you come over to my apartment on Saturday? And I did. And she 12-stepped me. And if it weren't for that woman, and I, I don't know her name. I know my attorney's name. I have I called him for years on my AA birthday um, every year. Thank you so much for my recovery. And I, I still never knew the name of this woman who 12-stepped uh, me. She carried the message because she too had walked in these steps um, just like I had. And, um, you know, had she not done that, I, I wouldn't be here. I'm, I'm convinced I'd be dead. You know, it's like dead jail or institutionalized. And I, I'm, I'm pretty confident I'd be dead. I, you know, I look at my parents and my, this illness has, my family's been riddled with it. And um, my parents died at young ages, very unexpectedly. My mom was, 39 my dad was 52 um i outlived my dad when i turned 53 august 13th 
and it's really something to outlive both your parents and um, knowing that they both, my, doc, my dad's doctor said, hey, you know, if you don't quit drinking, uh, it's going to kill you. And, and he died two months later. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't want that. I want to live. I, you know, like it was mentioned before, like the consequences of drinking for me were so extraordinarily high. You know, I wouldn't just uh, like the state assessor, uh, I wouldn't cough to a blackout. She's like, have you ever had a blackout? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I denied, I rationalized, I minimized. I did all the tricks and tips and things that an alcoholic does to minimize um, and like not, not be alcoholic. Um, so she finally got me to admit to like this, a brownout. Well, I know it's a blackout, but at the time <laughs> she hoodwinked me, bless her. Um, so she got me to admit to like having a brownout. She's like, you know, where it's kind of, it's fuzzy. You remember most of it, you know, um, but you know, some, some bits of your eating might be a little bit fuzzy and it's like, yeah, okay. You know, I, I've browned out before. Well, I was a blackout drunk and I'd wake up in strange places with strange people and strange bedrooms. And, uh, I was telling, <laughs> I, I, I was so much the other day. Uh, I went on a cruise. I, he had asked me if I'd gone on a cruise before. I was like, yeah, I've been on a cruise before. That was the worst fucking 14 days of my life. Now I think about it. Um, before I even got on the cruise, before I even got on the, the, the cruise line, um, they put us up in a hotel room in San Juan, Puerto Rico. This woman I was my neighbor, and she her drinking habits and patterns were way worse than mine because um, her consequences were way higher than mine were. Um, and I was living in Los Angeles, uh, at the time I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to take my friend on this cruise and my, my parents had died and, you know, my, was estranged from my brother. And so I, I took, I took Kelly with me and, um, oh, we got in a, a whole heap of trouble. And before we even, uh, got on the, on the boat, uh, it was the first night they put us up in a hotel room. I got called at the hotel room and said, you're, you're going to have to come fetch your, your, your friend here out of the pool. So I was like, what the fuck has Kelly gotten into now? <laughs> She's like buck naked in the pool, making out with some guy in the grotto. And this is at like four o'clock in the afternoon. So I get her, I cart her off to bed, put her to bed. She passes out. And then I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Well, I went off dancing by myself. I remember exactly what clothes I had on, like these the Capizio like dance uh, sandals and this uh, skirt that I had on and this like bodysuit thing. I remember dancing. I remember kind of hazy leaving the parking lot in some random car. And then the next morning I woke up on the floor of an auto parts store in San Juan, Puerto Rico next to somebody. And I didn't know that person's name, how I got there. I was surrounded by uh, unused condoms and there I was. And I just remember grabbing the business card like, oh, I hope it's this person. <laughs> Ugh awkward and then it just kept going like that the whole 14-day cruise you know and it like worse and worse and then it was worse and then it was worse and then it was worse and then we could start in so much trouble that we couldn't even leave our fucking suite or like our little cheap hotel not hotel room but uh cruise cabin or cabin because we had gotten into so much trouble you know kelly's off doing one thing with some old guy and his adult children are pissed off and then I'm reporting somebody something, something, but I'm on high on cocaine and totally hammered and then well into a blackout. And, you know, I could just go on and on and on about the various and sundry things that I got in trouble uh, on, a, on a Princess Cruise line many, many years ago, like the year before I got sober. 
thank, thank, thank the Lord. Um, so I came in with lots of desperation. <laughs> I knew that in, I knew in my, like, I know in my knower that I know that's the best way I can describe it is like, I knew that there was a different way to be, but nobody sat me down and explained it. And sometimes today I'm like, oh, fuck, why, why didn't anybody tell me? Nobody warns you that this is going to happen when you uh, turn 50 or you turn 40 or X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, it's like, I, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't have parents that sat me down, but they were given the tools to give me the tools to teach me things like self-esteem and like boundaries and like rules and uh uh, the only rule that I had at my 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 dad's house was don't well there were there's four of them don't lie cheat steal or speed down Victoria Victoria was this palm tree lined street in California where I was born and raised and a lot of people would hit these palm trees and die um, so he knew my dad well well knew that I would get drunk and uh, and and drive home and all he cared about was. Don't lie, cheat, steal, or speed down the street and plow into a palm tree because you might kill yourself. So yeah, I I was. He even said like, "You kids weren't jerked up. You uh, you weren't raised. You were jerked up." And it's true. It's so true. Um. And today I I love my parents. I'm grateful for the, my parents and all the stuff that they didn't teach me. It's like I have compassion for them because like they didn't get taught that stuff either. I always knew in my knower that I knew somehow, some way that there was an easier, softer way. There was another way that I could be on the planet and not be so fucking miserable um, with who I was. It wasn't that I was miserable with, about other people or places or things. It was up here in my head because I had a, a very extremely harsh inner critic. I had no self-esteem. I had no you know, like a lot of women talk within the program and they talk about, oh, you know, like, I don't want to be an egomaniac. And it's like, look, when I came in, I had no ego. I needed a fucking ego. And then I'm, I'm reminded about the time when AA came of age. It was like, yeah, you know, I think of Mad Men and, you know, Bill and Dr. Bob. And it's like, yeah, they might have needed an ego beat down. And, you know, some things that were told to them in a way that, um, you know, I, I just didn't, didn't need to be torn down to get built back up again. I'd already been torn down. I had already been traumatized over and over and over and over again from like medical trauma to, uh, oh my, just every six ways of Sunday kind, kinds of trauma. And that was the hole I was trying to fill was like this vacant space of like, no power or control or thinking I had no power and control over my thoughts or my actions. And, you know, th there's this, that saying that some of you have probably heard many times. Some of you may have not heard it where one, one drinks too many and a thousand is not enough. And I didn't understand that for a long time in AA. And I finally got it <laughs> that I am powerless over the first drink. I, I can't, I can't drink successfully. I can't drink like normal people. I just can't. I just, I don't want anything to do with it. And thankfully for me, when I quit drinking, the obsession was lifted and I did not have cravings to drink alcohol. I had a lot of fucking free time on my hands and I did stupid shit like watch CNN news, the whole day's news every half hour. And my little game was to see what the new news was every half hour. 
And then I would watch uh, infomercials well into like three or four o'clock in the morning and chain smoke. And yes, I brought Jose Bear's secret hair at two o'clock in the morning. I spent $125 when I didn't have that to spend on fucking hair extensions, essentially, that I never used. I ended up throwing them away because I was too shame-filled that I bought something that I had no business buying, nor did I need it. You know, that's just stupid shit that I did because nobody told me any different. So yeah, that was a lot of free time that I had on my hands. Um, so I, speaking of getting torn down and built, getting built back up again, I was thinking yesterday about um, today and thinking about how I, I bought a ticket to go to, because um, I can fall in love with anything for five seconds, um, the first five seconds. So I heard about this landmark education thing. I'm like, oh, yes, I'm in it. I'm going to pay for this thing. I'm going to go to it because it's awesome. And so-and-so has told me it's awesome. And I want to be a better person. Um, so I signed up for it and I was like, okay, what is this thing? And sure as shit, it was like, I, I don't know if it's gotten different or if it's changed now, but it was very much from what I heard, tear you down so they can build you back up again. And I'm so proud of myself to this day that I called them up and said, I'd like a refund, please. I'm not going to this. And I told them why. And they tried to talk me out of it and I got a refund. And that was like one little thing that was like, yeah, well done, Em what I call myself well done Em. You, you know like I spoke up for myself nobody taught me to do that but something inside of me you know the, I intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle me today so all the promises have, have come true for me in recovery and that's from doing the steps and that's from uh, having a sponsor who has a sponsor and from sponsorship and I haven't always sponsored I haven't always had a sponsor I haven't always actively been uh, working with a sponsor because cr multiple chronic illnesses and such. You know, I was disabled. I was homeless. I was I was bedridden for seven years, um, and that was super traumatizing. Um, but I, I I just knew that there was something different and better for me, and I didn't have to be so mean to myself in this like the harsh inner critic and the. And who are you to do this? And how come you haven't done this? And you know, you start. How come you have two hundred and twenty-four browser windows open on your fucking computer, Malia? <laughs> like shit, like that. That doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter that I have so many browser windows open on my laptop. Does that really matter today? No, it doesn't. Does it matter if I pick up a drink? Yeah, that fucking matters because the consequences are so high of me trying to fill that hole, that gaping wound of like, I don't, I don't know who I am trying to fill that up with something else that isn't designed to fill it up. Booze, you know, whatever, whatever the thing is, alcohol, you know, anything to excess, um, anything that's not um, empowering. Like that's a, a word that has, that I heard very loudly today. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm powerless over this first drink. So you know what? I, I don't pick up even if my ass falls off. And uh, you know, I'm on the spectrum, very firmly on the spectrum, ADHD. So I learned to mask my whole entire life. I hid the harsh inner critic. I hid the fact that I didn't have any self-esteem or had shitty or low self-esteem. I hid that I didn't have any confidence. People will tell me, oh, Maria, just be yourself. It's like, oh, I'm fucking awkward. I don't have any confidence. You can pick one because I, I don't know who I am. So my, my biggest goal has been um, to know thyself. That's what I have done in recovery. And to me, like I'd send anyone to AA, traditional AA, with the caveat that like, hey, you may 
you know, not see yourself there. You may have a different cosmology than what's outlined in these steps or all the God stuff or all the powerlessness stuff or getting on your knees or, you know, but there is, there are a lot of different ways to get sober today that weren't available when I got sober. So that's what I would tell anyone that is still suffering alcoholic who doesn't know about an easier, softer way, doesn't know about uh, abstinence or not drinking, but there's only one way to get drunk. And I know the one way to get drunk and that's to pick up a drink. And as long as I don't pick up a drink today, I, I do have a snowball's chance in hell of, you know, waking up tomorrow morning in my own fucking bed. <laughs> so I, I, I probably prattled on far too long. So I'm going to wind this up and thank everyone for their service. Yeah, I, I'm grateful as the day is long to be here. And, you know, I've got a lot of free time today, but I have a lot of great, amazing people to spend it with. And that's all y'all. So um, that's all I got. Thank you. And thank you, Malaya. Great stuff as always. Good to hear you. See you. And yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.